everyone, it's Megan, and you're listening to a Better Product original series. We're back with a new series about the digital products that are shaping our world, and this time we're looking at products that impact a hugely important topic, health. During a pandemic or not, health is something that resonates with everyone. We've recently seen a rise in wearable tech and apps that put the power back in people's hands to make informed decisions about the health solutions they need when they need them. This series features the leaders behind a multitude of apps, including an app that helps people manage their hormone health, a wearable glucose monitor looking to change the way we approach metabolic health, a platform to connect migraine patients with quality care, and more. What Christian and I learned while talking to these founders was that healthcare presents a huge opportunity for tech, but it also opens up a unique set of challenges around data, privacy, and education. Before we get to the interviews, let's sit down and unpack this bigger picture. Well, this is going to be a very exciting episode because it's maybe only important to me and you, but Megan and I are recording in the exact same room. We are here together in person for, I don't know, what, three times out of the year? This is one of them? Yeah. So we're sharing a microphone even. This is like really like in person. You get so used to a Zoom screen we're talking in person like oh yeah this is like what it's like to really talk to somebody to have a real conversation we're also if we want we're close enough to start fighting yeah like fist fighting yep (laughs) and you can kick me as well so both of those things might happen yeah but i'm really excited for this episode not just because you're in the indie office megan but because we get to talk about a slightly different thing on this show which is more product related we've done some conversations uh, a lot of brand-related conversations. And this one, we're going to take a step back to talk about some product concepts. And I think the best way to kick this off is that as we are doing some of our interviews for this health tech series, some patterns started to emerging. And I was personally connecting some dots, doing some of these interviews. That I was like, there's something going on here in this next wave of wearables and health tech. So we need to kind of cover that as it relates to this health tech series we have. But I think there's something that we can sort of talk about on a higher level. And that's this new movement we're dubbing, and I'm using air quotes as if anybody can see me right now, enlightenment as a product. Yeah, so I will for sure have some sort of brand perspective as we get into this conversation, but I'm definitely going to let you run with the product side to start. Okay, so there's the big data sort of revolution that happened over the last 10 years or whatever. Now you can expose all these data points around everything. Then there was this wearables thing that started around like when Fitbit came out and there was some other wearables that faded and now wearables and fitness are back and so is like this big data thing which is with Apple Watch and all these, now you can track more data about yourself. So I think like big data with a capital B and a capital D was like businesses and big data. Now there's like this big data revolution with wearables because now you can track. I'm looking. Yeah, you have no Apple Watch. I have no wearables. I don't track anything. I don't want to know. I would rather not know. Yeah, you don't want to be tracked. Yeah, Yeah. you're on the opposite (laughs) end. (laughs) Whereas you have like 18 different tracker apps. Yeah, yeah, I have a long sleeve shirt so you can't see some of my trackers. But yeah, I'm all in. I'm like, give me more data. I'll figure out what it means to me and all that. Which brings me to the point. Well, with the big data revolution that you're talking about, all this data has been out there for a while. And obviously, the longer this goes on, the more data we get. It's more every day. People are finally figuring out how to use it in more productive ways and finally figuring out how to turn those ways into very specific and niche products even. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Let's go back in time. I was writing notes before this and I was looking at when Fitbit started. I feel like everybody knows Fitbit and it almost became synonymous with sort of like step tracking. Now there's so many different things that track steps, but the first Fitbit hit the market in 2009 and I probably got one around then or maybe 2010. And it just tracked steps. I mean, by today's standards, it was like a, a dumb smart device. It just like tracks steps. Now, like everything tracks steps. Now they have like GPS monitors that are so accurate. You can track your step from a satellite. Yeah, like a family tracking app tracks yeah. steps. <laughs> 10 steps to get to Christian. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can see where everybody is in a building now, right? It's easy. But I remember when that happened, what I felt, which was it really did get me moving, which is ultimately better. I was healthier because of that. But over time, what became interesting was thinking about how sometimes I started making decisions that maybe weren't the best decision. Like I might go to the gym and instead of maybe lifting weights or maybe doing a stair stepper or something, I would run because I needed to get above 10,000 steps. That was like the thing. And I started noticing over time that my obsession with hitting this like 10,000 step mark, I was losing opportunities to like go on a bike ride or other things that were it couldn't track. And I was reflecting on how the type of data you were being exposed to with these trackers then like changed your behavior in positive ways and then maybe not so positive ways. So now you have an app that tracks your steps and you also have an app that tracks your runs and your bike rides and your every type yeah, of exercise Yeah, I think I wrote you do. What I wrote okay, yes, I wrote this down. So that was back then. So now I use I use Fitbod or Nike Training Club for like weightlifting. Sometimes I do Peloton uh, guided exercises. I use Strava and Nike Running Club for running. Yes, I turn both on simultaneously because I'll use a guided run on Nike Running Club. But if it's not submitted to Strava and, and my friends... Did you actually run? Exactly. Yeah. I use my fitness pal for meal logging that keeps me sort of honest with 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 eating I'll use Peloton for cardio during the winter. We do have a bike. I don't ride it that much in the in the warmer months. And then recently related to this show, I have the Levels real-time glucose monitor. We have David Flinner, their head of product on the show, and I've, I've met their head designer. So I've talked to them, and I've been wearing that for about the last month because my, my dad is pre-diabetic, and so I'm trying to figure out, like, how can I learn more about this to prevent that? Not done yet. I have Y Things, which for a while was Nokia Health for weight tracking. So a scale and a blood pressure cuff because I have prehypertension. And of course, I have an Apple Watch, which I'll use for sleep and my resting heart rate and my VO2 max, which I don't fully understand what that is, but it is a thing I track and I just know it needs to be high. So in contrast, I have the Solid Core app that I use to book my classes, and then I track all my meals on DoorDash and Uber Eats. Oh, so, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And you also get rewards, right, yeah, on those exactly. apps, right? I get but points. <laughs> <laughs> so very similar, but just like a different <laughs> approach. So this also shows our age gap. I'm 39, and so I feel the pressure, and you're not 39. And yeah, I'm 27. I just switched to New Balance sneakers, and I hate it. Ooh, even I haven't done that. I know. There's actually good yeah. Nike Air Max. Nike. No, so I can... had Nike and then I had to switch to New Balance. Okay. Not great. That's well, if you've already done that, then it's really just downhill. Yeah. I'm sorry it's for you. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> so so anyway, the point is that like this do your point is like I'm tracking in a lot of different ways. There's I think there's really great, exciting things about that. Like you you kind of mentioned, like you can track very specific things now. So I can track 
real-time glucose, which I'm not really the target market. These real-time glucose monitors are for diabetics who like really have serious spikes. But the way Levels has sold, and you'll hear this on the, the show, is really to teach you about metabolic health. So how is food affecting you? How is sleep affecting your insulin levels and things like that? So over time, you can learn about it. And that's why when I started the show, we were talking about enlightenment as a product. I'll be honest, I don't know that I've like figured out everything with glucose after a month. I don't think I should have, but I will say it's piqued my curiosity. I've learned a lot more about it. And I do feel like I have more information that guides me to better health and fitness. And then the creepy meta part of that is like the more that you learn about yourself by using these products, the more that the company learns about you and the more that they learn about the population and the more that the product learns. So it's like not just enlightenment as a product for you, but like mm. it's positive feedback loop of enlightenment for the company as well. Initially, I was horrified when you're saying that because you're talking about companies, but you're right. It does help. You can start to benchmark because I think for me, I look at it and say, what is a normal glucose spike? Well, Levels has that and they're tracking it anonymously, of course, and they can actually start to learn like what is normal and then they can target to say what is normal for a 39 year old male, you know, what, so we don't really know. And when I go to the doctor, which sorry, Megan, you will go more often, like the older <laughs> you get. So you will start doing your annual physical. Well, if you, I mean, I guess you don't have to, but I do. And they get this one slice in time about my health. And of course, every time I go, it's like when I go to the dentist, I brush my teeth and floss. I floss every day for two weeks leading up to the dentist because I like I want to like perform and like be on my top game. So if it's I'm like cleaning up before the maid comes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if you go to your doctor and you're going to do a physical, I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to get my stuff together. So when I go in, I can be like, how is your diet? Oh, it's, it's been great. Literally just talking about the two weeks. But with this data, you can bring in more long term data. And I was getting help like managing my prehypertension. And so when I started tracking it at home, I could share that with my primary care physician. They could see, oh, okay, I see these trends. It's a lot more informative to them than it is just like when you walk in and say it was high today. But I think that's that's the thing that's interesting to me, though, is understanding. Well, I guess there's two things. I think one, as you mentioned, all of these products that work together, like they're all a part of a balance. So if I'm using one product to measure weight or, you know, blood pressure, and then you're using this, how does this ecosystem of products all work? And like, what responsibility do they have to integrate with each other? I can log meals and levels. I can log them in my fitness pal. It can be inconvenient all of a sudden. And you didn't even mean to just by making a new app that solves one thing. It creates a burden on me because now I have to log my meal in two different apps because they don't sync together. So this ecosystem approach to building products, when you're doing something really niche, you have to be aware of that you're a part of a broader whole. And it is almost like, I wouldn't say a response, I wouldn't say as far as like, there's a responsibility, but maybe an awareness that even if your app is well designed and really great to use, you still have to think about how does it fit with the other things that you're using to track your health? Because right now, it sounds like you are the only thing in common between these apps. Like you are the integration between the apps. You're the thing that's like bringing them all together to create an ecosystem around one person that they're all working for. But it, just with the meal tracking, if product teams thought about something like you can log into any app with Facebook now, mm -hmm. what if the apps that you track meals in connected to each other like that, integrated with each other like that? So when you put the meal into one, it showed up in the other one. Yeah, no, exactly. Neuro, we'll, we'll hear about when tracking migraine really does a good job of that because you can log a journal of your migraines and then that helps you connect to, 
think they're called electrocardiologists, people that really work on, on headaches, they have access to that. So no, I think that's a good point. The, the second thing that I think is, is worth understanding as you think about this health tech series is what does it mean to create deep insights? So we say enlightenment as a product, but what do you do with that? The example I gave of Fitbit is almost like maybe a negative one where you've enlightened somebody about steps, but it may have a dark side that you don't intend. And you kind of need to be aware of that. Levels is, is you will look looking at glucose monitoring, but how does it relate to blood pressure? And so it's sort of this, like, sometimes things are like good for cholesterol, but bad for, or something's got good cholesterol, bad cholesterol. Like not everything is like good exclusively in one way, which means that these different trackers might not be good on their own either. So again, coming back to the ecosystem, but these niche products, they almost have to like really be aware of the message and the enlightenment that they're really giving people and understanding like how far you can take that. Like, am I an expert in my glucose levels now? Probably not. It might still be helpful for me to connect with an expert on it. You were just getting at this, which is it's like the more niche that these products become, the more important the ecosystem gets. That's true. And there'll probably be another product for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the me-centered version of this. I want to switch gears now to almost take a, I don't know, the community-based approach to health and tech. And you've been working with a client, Megan, specifically that's dealing with some of these insights, but more on a macro level than just individual level. Why don't you, why don't you tell people about now included in Acclinate. Yeah, I'll start with what you said about the community-based approach. And we touched on this earlier when we talked about, okay, like the more people that use these products, the better data we get and the more that we can improve it for everybody else. To do that, this is where the brand lens kind of comes in as well. To do that, there has to be some sort of interface with the data and whatever, like the healthcare industry on one end. And then there also has to be the interface with people and the market on the other end. So when you were talking about levels, like they're, I mean, they just put a very consumer facing brand on a deeper data collecting app mm -hmm. and now included in Acclinate have a little bit of a similar relationship with brand. So I'll give a little bit of background on that. Now included in Acclinate's mission is to diversify clinical trials. So there's been a lot of disparity in healthcare, obviously, especially for people in minority communities. And Acclinate's whole mission is to improve healthcare for everyone by diversifying these clinical trials. What's an example? Like, tell me more. What do you mean by diversity in these trials? How is that happening today, by and large? Ethnicity and race and socioeconomic diversity as well. Right now, only I think about 2% of people in the US participate in clinical trials. And then say like 99% of that uh, 2% are white people. Mm -hmm. And so when medications are developed, when treatments are developed, they're developed for that very small pool of people and all the data that we have from them. When in reality, that means a lot of people in minority communities end up getting misdiagnosed or undiagnosed because their symptoms present differently. And we wouldn't know that because they weren't participating gotcha. in the clinical trial. And there's a whole, like another thread because people who, there's a lot of mistrust of healthcare. It's kind of like a, a never ending loop, a chicken and the egg. There's reasons there's a lot of mistrust in the industry, but then the more mistrust there is, the less likely they are to participate and then the less likely treatments to be developed for them. So Acclinate's mission is to diversify clinical trials to start improving healthcare for everyone. They have a community called Now Included which is a brand that we've been working with. And this community is encouraging people to 
participate in events and share their stories about their experiences with healthcare and with treatment and with their own conditions or diseases so that everybody else in the community benefits from it. So mm -hmm. it's kind of data collection through stories. Their goal is to help them make better health decisions and overall improve the health of the community. So it's getting back to this like market-facing brand versus industry-facing brand. It seems to be pretty common in healthcare that this is happening, where we need to have something for the people, like a, you know, a Strava or a Now Included or a Levels, something that people can resonate with, that people enjoy using, that people want to participate in. And then the data that we get from that actually goes to improve some of that data that's going back into the healthcare industry. And that's where we have the acclinates working on that. So that's kind of the, the connection I'm seeing here throughout this whole thing between the product and and the brand in especially the healthcare space. Well, I think you actually, and as you were talking too, I was thinking of one more guest we have on the show, uh, the founder of, of Avia that is for cycle tracking for menstrual cycles. And they really built a community, I maybe even before they had the smart case for birth control to help women connect and talk about hormones and periods and like understanding the nuances of that. And then the tracker then connects it with them. But to your point, the now included also seems to be taking this community-based approach. Let's get people talking about these things and, and breaking down that part. And then there's a product to, to follow. And you're saying that's the, the Acclinate product that's behind the scenes that's actually doing something. Is that right? So there's now included on the, the market facing end. And then what's Acclinate doing on the sort of the back end? Acclinate is interfacing with industry partners and talking to them about even a Johnson & Johnson. How can we improve the diversity of our clinical trials? Acclinate is the one actually working on those clinical trials. Okay. So I'm going to, I feel like what we've talked about when we're talking about me and my experience, it was almost like, how do we enlighten the individual and then drive insights from that? You're, it, it almost feels like with this now included Acclinate product and, and market, it's almost like, how do we enlighten people first and then sort of get them into a, a place where we can like then help track data that is helpful, if it makes sense. It's the in, it's almost the reverse, yeah. if that makes sense. And it, if you guys can tell, this is very much like we haven't practiced. This is not <laughs> scripted. Live. We're like trying to figure this out as we go. It's what I said earlier where – there are some products that enlighten people and that mm -hmm. enlightenment is the benefit that you get from it. And But those products in turn are enlightening the company with the data they're getting from a group of people. And then that company, if it is in healthcare potentially, is enlightening an industry. And that is what Acclinate and Now Included are doing. So how do you, when you think about it from a brand perspective, I'm curious how, what your thoughts are on handling maybe the sensitivity of this. It's one thing if it's a personal thing, and, and I probably shared more about my trackers than most people might. That's my choice. But when you're talking about this community level and these sensitive issues, what is the role of brand and how is that sort of managed to really make sure that you're handling the sensitivity, but also like being bold enough that you can actually get people into it so that you can actually make something valuable out of it? It's a really delicate balance because, like you said, we're asking people to share something very vulnerable. Like we're asking people to share personal stories and not just data, but stories about things that they've experienced. And so primarily with this brand, we wanted to make sure that we were building trust and not in like a, a sleazy way where you shouldn't actually trust us, but we're going to make you think you should with marketing tactics. No, like we wanted, I mean, Acclinate is... It's an incredible team working behind Acclinate and Now Included, and they are trustworthy, and we wanted to 
prove that with brand. We wanted to show people truly how much they care and how trustworthy they are and that it is, it'll be a benefit to everyone, to you personally and to the community for you to share your story. So then to me, it's like, how do you keep things authentic to make sure that it almost feels like even if you build the trust, it feels like, I don't say tenuous, but still fragile. Like you have to make sure that the product that Acclinate's building and that they're connecting with companies like Johnson & Johnson, they're delivering on that. And then if they have a misstep there, then it can have an impact on the community saying like, hey, you're not, you don't have my best interests in line. It feels like that's a, that's another facet to this. That's also something that's really critical. How do you think companies in this health tech space, I mean, how can they manage that to make sure that they're authentic or making sure that they're delivering on that? What's working for Acclinate maybe is a better way to ask it. Yeah, that's a great question. I can give some tactical examples of like how to, what makes a brand look trustworthy or or feel trustworthy. And honestly, it depends on the audience you're targeting. But first and foremost, like knowing your audience and knowing what resonates with them, either from a messaging perspective or from a visual perspective. That's more general. More tactical is doing things like showing photography of real people. Mm. Like these are members of the community. We are portraying them as they are. This is a real person. This looks like somebody that, you know, or your friend knows, or like this looks like it could be your neighbor, making it look like real people that you're familiar with. The founders of Now Included are sharing their stories themselves on Now Included. So they're coming out as invulnerable as they can be and saying, look, we know we're asking you to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not above it. Obviously, if we're asking you to do something like this, we're going to do it first. And we're going to show you that it's safe. So this is a product show, but I think it's it seems reasonable to say that if you're going to play in this space and, and really do something with people's health, being honest yourself for the people in the company, the founders and the people, you have to kind of be all in as well. I actually think as you're saying, I'll connect this even back to Levels. Levels builds in public. So all of their product is getting built in public. They're very engaged with the community. They wear and use Levels themselves. I was joking about how bad my Levels were one time with their designer. And he was like, oh, yeah, might might have been like that, too. And I'm realizing everybody there on the inside is also using the product as well. It seems like Acclinate, they're sharing their stories. So even though this is a product show and it's about products, I think when you're dealing with the sensitive issue, it's almost like you have to kind of be all in to let the community know that you're someone who can be trusted and you can trust me because I'm I'm actually literally in this community with you. And I think that is particularly and maybe most important in healthcare of all industries. Why do you think that is? Because all of that data and all of those stories, no matter like what app you're, that's all your most personal data. I mean, a run, maybe not so much, but yeah. your glucose levels are, well, or a run, because then somebody can track you and follow you and stuff. I mean, right. Yeah. Because you run, you could run, and but you don't know my weight. You don't know my health issues. That starts to feel like a little more personal. And even there's people who don't get on Strava because it feels too personal. So yeah, I think you're definitely right. Health tech is definitely maybe unique in that way. So I think this is a really, hopefully this is a good conversation for, for everybody else to set the, maybe, I don't know, the framework for thinking about health tech. And we, we're going to cover a few products, but I feel like this is maybe on the cusp of like a new wave of, of not even just wearables, but just new approaches to health. And I think with the pandemic, and then if you talk about some of these systemic inequities and in access to care, I just think this is going to continue. And it's I think it's almost like even if you're not operating in the health tech space, hopefully this is still helpful to think about for even your own products, because things are going to get more personal 
even if it's not just in this way, just in general, with all the devices we have, everything gets more personal and understanding how you can build product for people that's genuine and really has their best interests, I think is going to be bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. And I think, like you said earlier, we're on this cusp of a big data revolution. Like we're turning the corner. We're at a point where people are getting less and less scared of sharing their data and more interested in hearing what companies can do with their data that will then enlighten them. So I appreciate you all sticking with Megan and I being a little more off the cuff than normal. But I think this is a good conversation. And I hope that as you're listening to our podcast and the health tech series, hopefully this was was helpful. As usual, we're going to keep sharing our email on the show until we start getting weird emails. And we've gotten some weird ones, but they're not too weird yet. Not weird enough. Well, I should ask you (laughs) if you're still okay. So as usual, you all can connect with us at our email or on LinkedIn or on betterproduct.community, christian.beck at innovatemap.com. And megan.pfeiffer at innovatemap.com. And if you liked this more off-the-cuff style, let us know and we'll stop prepping so much and just wing it more That would be great. Yeah. And if you don't like it, please don't tell us, actually. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Better Product community. We've got all sorts of content and resources for you. And if you want more audio, don't forget... The Business of Product is our latest show to join the Better Product Network, and you can find that and more at betterproduct.community.